Welcome to our Bible studies about the message of Hebrews. The Apostle Paul, who wrote this letter, wants to admonish us on one side, and on the other side, he wants to help us to reach the aim, being together with Jesus in eternity. This is a wonderful letter for becoming a strong person in Christ. In our study about the book of Hebrews, lesson three, the promised son. Our memory text for this week is in Hebrews chapter one, the verses two and three. Has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, namely the Father, has spoken, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. The Father has spoken by his Son, who, being the brightness of his glory, and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself perched our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. The promised son. When we think about Abraham, waiting for the promised son. And he waited and waited for a long time. And this is a, a symbol, typology, because they had to wait for the promised son of God for a very long time as well. So waiting for the promised son needs patience, a lot of patience. And when Abraham was already an old man, 85 years old, it was night, sleeping in his tent, and then he had a vision. And God commanded him, get up, now go out, look up to the sky, who can you see? Stars. Can you count them? Of course not. It's too much. Too many of them. And then God said, so many descendants you will have. He didn't even have a single son. And God says, all the stars you can see here, your descendants, will be as the stars. And then the astonishing answer of Abraham, answer in mind, he believed 
he trusted in this promise. So when God promises something, it will happen. We do not know when, but it will happen. And because we live in the last days, we have a lot of promises what will happen here. Especially at the end of the last days. Jesus return in the clouds of heaven with all his angels. And he will send them out. And they will gather together all the elect, all those who are followers of Jesus. And the question is, will you be there? Are you written in the book of life in heaven? Because if you are written there, then the angels will take you out from here and take you to the king of the universe. So it's important to be in this book of life, to be written in there. Are you already in this book of life in heaven? How can you get in there? By telling Jesus that you want to go with him, that you want to follow him, because he has done everything for you, he has shown his love to you by his life, and full of thankfulness, you want to follow him as an answer to Jesus' love to you. And that's the, the mystery. Relationship, friendship with Jesus. Then you are there in the book of life with your name. In these last days. In the book of Numbers, in chapter 24, we find a remarkable verse about the promised son. When the Israelites came into the plains of Jordan fields, there the Moabites had their homes. And when they saw all the tents of the Israelites, this huge amount of tents, millions of people, they, they became full of fear. We read, And Moab was sore afraid of the people because they were many. And Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. And now Moab, the king, goes to the neighboring people. And he said unto the elders of Midian, Now shall this company lick up all that are round about us, as the ox licks up the grass of the field. This, this was the fear. They were distressed. And they thought, oh, what can we do? What can we do? And then he had an idea. There's a prophet far away. He is able to bless. And he is able to say the opposite. 
curse. That's what we need. He sent his elders with wonderful presents, great presents, and Bilam, this prophet, did not come with him. Balaam had been a prophet of God once, but now he was full of greed for possession. And when the elders came a second time with more presents. Then he went with them. But God told him, Only what I tell you, he will say there. The people of Israel are blessed. You cannot curse them. And if you are there, you will only be able to say, the words of God, nothing else. Nevertheless, he went there. He thought he would get the presents and he would do what God told him. He wanted to get both, and that's impossible. Either or, that's the message. Yeah, and then we read a wonderful sentence about the Messiah. In verse 17, Balaam says, I shall see him. But not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. So it's in the future. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab. So it was just the opposite. <laughs> the Moabs wanted to hear the Moabites. And this star was seen by the wise man in Babylonia, when Jesus was born on the fields of Bethlehem, the star was the bulk of angels who told the shepherds, honor to God and peace on earth. God has spoken to us by his Son. In Hebrew 1, we read, verse 1, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake, spoke in time, passed unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. God spoke in time past. By the prophets. That's so important. Here we are as human beings on this planet Earth. And all the information we get, all these informations, are by human beings. So we're always on, on the same planet. We all bath in the same soup. But then we get information from outside. Imagine. Out there in the universe, there's the king of the universe, and he spoke. We got information. For us as human beings, from our creator, he informed us what's important and what's not important. 
which way we should go to succeed in life, to have blessings forever. Or, if not going this way, being cursed forever. Do we choose? It's our choice. Either or. You can't go the wrong way and have blessings. <laughs> that's, that's not possible. Only on the right path. There is the blessing. And only there on the right path. So, it's, it's not so difficult, though. If you trust. If you trust in these words. If you do not trust, then it will be very difficult. If someone wants to help you and you do not trust him, he cannot help you. Because you, you will not do what, whatever advice he gave to you. Even if it is the best advice, the, the greatest wisdom on earth. Trusting the right person. That's important. If you do not trust the right person, no blessings at all. And here we read that God has spoken to the prophets. And prophets are like a speaker who informs the journalists of the press media about the decisions of a government. And he is sent there to tell them what the government wants the journalists to hear. But he only knows this. It's a small way. This is the information, and this information will be transformed. The people listening will be informed. Now, what's the difference to Jesus, between a prophet and Jesus? Jesus has been with the Father. He, he knows everything. So you, you can ask him questions. If you ask a prophet, and, and what's, what's the information about this or that? I don't know. I, I've got the information for that and for this. But Jesus, he's, he's the best informed. He knows everything. He's the radiance of the glory of God. As we can read here in verse 3 of chapter 1 of Hebrews, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, being the brightness of his glory, being the express image of his person. Jesus could say to his apostles, whoever sees me, sees the Father. Oh, how can that be? It's the same character. He's the same character as his Father. Being the brightness of his glory. Um, when the Israelites were led by Moses through the wilderness, they came to Mount Sinai. And there, 
they could see the following. We read in Exodus 24, verse 16, Uh, we read from verse 50. And Moses went up into the mount, and a cloud covered the mount. And the glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. The glory of the Lord was on Mount Sinai. And Moses went up there. And he stayed there for 40 days. And when he came down again, <laughs> there was such a brightness on his face that the people down there, when they saw him, said, oh, we can't look at you. This glory, this brightness. Put something on your face. We, 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 can't, we cannot look at you. Now when even Moses got such a brightness, yeah, what about Jesus? Being together with the Father on his throne. In the Psalms, which are the songbook, We read in one of these psalms the following. And there in Psalm 4, verse 7, I read verse 6. There be many that say, Who will show us any good? And then, what is the answer? Lord, lift you up the light of your countenance upon us. The light of your countenance. Lift it up upon us. Then, we will be shown good. When God is willing to... <laughs> let his light shine upon you you will be blessed but therefore it's important that you will come to this light if you do not care about it how can you get the blessing so his light is something which is the fulfilling of all your desires and if you trust in him, you will experience that this blessing is real and will come true. But the first step is always trusting his word. And if you look around and you will say, yeah, but, but maybe I'm the only one. Yeah, then you are the only one who is blessed. And all the others are cursed. Do you want to be blessed? Or do you want to go with the mess? <laughs> with the many people around there. Through whom he made the universe. God the Father. 
asked his son to do it. In the book of the prophet Isaiah, it's the sickest, biggest book, the biggest scroll in the Old Testament. We read in chapter 44, and there in verse 24, thus says the Lord. So this is the most common expression we can find in the Old Testament. Thus says the Lord. So it's not Isaiah, it's not Jeremiah, it's not Ezekiel, and so on. It's the Lord who says it. Thus says the Lord. Your Redeemer. And he that formed you from the womb. So you, are, you have not formed you, your life by yourself. <laughs> it's impossible. He formed you from the womb. I am the Lord that makes all things, all, that stretches forth the heavens alone, that spreads abroad the earth by myself. So that's him. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer. I've produced you, I've created you. I've made you. And I've made this planet so that you can live on it, that you can be nourished by all the things which I've produced here, created. If we go on into the next chapter, we read in verse 18, chapter 45, For thus says the Lord, again, thus says the Lord, not just anybody anywhere, thus says the Lord, that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He has established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. If you look at the other planets in our solar system, you can't live there. If they are closer to the sun, it's too hot. If they are far away, it's too cold. And on the earth, it's just right. It's just the best position. So God made this planet so that you can live there. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none else, O human being. What, what is your aim? Where do you want to go to? Come home to your Creator. He's waiting for you. Throw yourself into His arms. He's full of love. He wants you to live eternally, forever. No more death, no more crying, no more tears. The old is gone, and you will come. Today I have begotten you.
In the second book of Samuel, in chapter 7, we read about King David, what God wants to tell him. And when your days be fulfilled, we read in verse 12, and you shall sleep with your fathers. So death is asleep. So when this happens, I will set up your seed after you which shall proceed out of your bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He, will, he shall build an house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. The first couple, Adam and Eve, they got to promise, there will be one out of you. And he will destroy the devil. And this is something which goes on and on and on through the Bible. You have promises about the coming Messiah. And here, there will be a son. Jesus was called David's son. There were 1,000 years in between. For the Israelites, they <laughs> say father to the grandfather, to the great-grandfather, they are all fathers. And the great-great-grandfather, they are all fathers. And even 1,000 years in the past, it's my father. They say, it's interesting. So therefore Jesus was called David's son, 1,000 years in between. And people knew what this meant when he said, I'm the son of man. I'm David's son. Then they knew, that's, that's a promise about the coming Messiah. He must be the Messiah. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were shocked. Oh, he can't use this expression. It's only used for the Messiah. But he is the Messiah. But they said, he is not. So therefore, in the end, they crucified him. Because they did not want him to be the Messiah. But it was promised. And it was fulfilled. When God tells his people, this and that will happen, then it will happen at some time in the future. But people, as Pharisees and Sadducees, they did not want him to be the Messiah. They wanted a Messiah they could control, a Messiah who would be willing to follow them, another Messiah who tells them that they should follow him. They wanted still to be on the throne in Israel. They wanted to be the kings there. Summary.
photographs of a lighthouse. Uh, an invention which helped many, many people on boats not to go shipwrecked. A coast is dangerous for a ship at night. When it's dark, you don't see the coast. But you will hear the coast when the ship comes in contact with the coast. And this will be the end of the ship. Then it will be a wreck. Shipwrecked. So that this does not happen. Lighthouses were built at dangerous coasts where a shipping route went by. And Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not be lost in darkness. He will find his way. It's happening to everyone. If you walk in darkness, you will get into difficulty after some time. Imagine walking in the countryside without any light. What will happen? You will, you will stumble. In Psalm 119, verse 105, we read the following. Your word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Your word. It's your word. And if you have light, ah, there's a root of a tree, I have to lift up my feet so that I <laughs> do not stumble. You need light in order to manage your life. And Jesus is our lighthouse. He's the one who knows where it's dangerous. And he sends signals. Be aware. Dangerous spot. Ah, it's so good to know Jesus' words. Then you can get blessings without curses. If you follow him, because you trust him, because you love him, then you are on a safe path for the future. Whatever will happen, even if you die, there is a resurrection. And Jesus will act according to his promise. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And even if you die, you will live again. Because I am the resurrection and the life. It's so important to know Jesus. To be with him. And to follow him. And to love him. Forever and ever. Amen.